season and we've got a full house tonight we've got jesse jesse hello long lost jesse hello hello nico you doing, boys nico's here jeffrey's here i love what we're doing tonight uh everybody's excited we're, yeah. we're this is the this is the annual movie tales top five Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make him an awful game. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. And this will, this will be the first first of many, hopefully. <laughs> the first well, this was a hard year, by the way. You it think so? Hard. I mean, Very hard year to start. Outside of where we ended up for our number one, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. But, uh... I feel good about it. I feel good about our list. Do you guys feel good about our list? I do. As soon as I saw it, it, it just hit, and I was like, man, it's yeah, uh, it's the right list. You know, there's no too. use in shoving like ten movies into the end that you missed just to try to find a ringer. It's not. You happening. know, you mentioned that in yeah. con in conversation. I thought that was a really good point, and I and I, you were right. I was like, he's right. You know, if, there, if we there's... just wait another week, I'm gonna watch what five more movies and see what happens, and then what. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we miss we all miss movies, you know. Jesse made a point to remind me that I missed Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and uh shame on me because he said it was great. He watched it with his kid, so but uh You're always gonna right. miss you're always gonna miss one movie. Yeah, too. we're always gonna miss him. Yeah. But um let's jump in here. We we're gonna we're gonna unveil five movies tonight and but before that we all have a we all have at least a couple of movies, but I think we're only gonna just each each talk about one that uh, didn't make our didn't make our top five, but uh, was a definite honorable mention. And didn't make like the group's top five. Yep, the group's Did top you, five. Do you want to explain a little bit that we like kind of voted Mark yeah, or whatever, sure. to the so, audience? So as a team, we kind of each picked eight movies. Not kind of, we did. We picked eight <laughs> movies. We ranked them. We ranked eight movies, and we attached a score to these movies. Uh, eight points for number one, reverse scoring essentially, and one point for number eight, and uh, we average out the math for all the movies, and the top five movies with a score end up being our movie tales top five. But uh, this year we actually had a tie, so it's uh, we have six. We have six movies. We, it's a lucky lucky listeners. You get already a bonus in our first first go round with this, but. Um, does that cover everything you think, Jeff? We good there? That's All right, perfect. Cool. All right. Um. So let's jump in. Honorable mentions, and I want. Let's go. Uh, let's go, Jeff. Kick us off with a movie that that missed our list that you want to talk about a little bit. A couple of us had it like in our top eight or whatever. Um, Clerks three. 
And um, funny enough, it's a movie I just watched last night. Um, I wanted to watch it to see if I would if it would make my top five or not because um, transparently, uh, back in two thousand eight, when Clerks two came out, I think it was like my second favorite movie of that year. Um, uh, Clerks three uh, was a nice, pleasant surprise. Um, I really can't put it better than you put it, Mark. Uh, when you lit like in quoting directly from you, it's the trilogy we never knew we needed. <laughs> was that, uh, that's a funny way to put it. I like. Yeah, it. no, it really was. Like that was my takeaway. I, so I saw this Kevin Smith kind of, you know, he he kind of like just did like this grassroots with this movie around around the country, and it played only certain times in random theaters, not too many. And it, there was a Q, like a Q and A that followed, not with him live, but just it was recorded at the end of the theatrical release and. I saw it with a couple of buddies, and it just really surprised me. We, we've actually potted the original Clerks, and uh, the second one was just a fun follow-up to the original with you know a lot bigger budget and the same comedy and all you know the same team and some added elements, obviously. And yeah, the third one just had a whole hell of a lot of heart. It had as much heart as any movie it that had came the out most, this year. That was my wait, note. Was wait, any movie this year or heart? any Kevin Smith movie? Oh, no, I think it had as much heart as any movie I saw in 2022. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just, like, it just, it, it just, it was just such a heartful movie that I, I couldn't believe it. It was, that's why I said it. it's a trilogy I never knew I needed. It was just such a good ending to the movie. And I don't want to spoil it because Jesse hasn't seen it. But, um, yeah, he's going to really enjoy it, too. I, I really think it was, a, it was, it really was a nice surprise. I think after Jay and Silent Bob reboot in 2019, nobody wanted Kevin Smith on, again. I really right. think it was that bad. Yeah. That's why I think and, and this is probably related to away. his heart attack, right? You know, he had a heart attack and almost died. And Oh, I, I did not know that. Yeah. I yeah. And Greg, yeah, Clerks go, 3. Glad you mentioned it, Jeff. Going back to yeah, something you were saying, Mark, if any of you haven't, I don't know if he'll ever do it again. Um, I actually did it for Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which... I mean, it's always funny to see those characters, so I'm going to enjoy those movies, even if they're bad. agree with you, Nick. That was not a good one. But if you ever... He started doing movies a different way, and he doesn't do wide theatrical releases anymore uh, because he realized that pretty that his fans always see his movies, but it's pretty much like just his fans. So he started doing these things called road shows where actually he, with members of the cast, go city to city. And um, I was out of town when they did Clerks 3, unfortunately, so I didn't get to see it. But I saw it. I did see it when he did Jay and Silent Reboot. And if you ever get a chance to see a Kevin Smith Roadshow, it is a fantastic way to see a movie. He opens it. He tells you a little bit about the movie. And then he, like, talks about it while the movie's going on. And you're there with a bunch of other Review Askew fans. But agree with what you said, Mark. It was really, like, one of... It probably it had the most heart of any of the movies. It was ultimately my least favorite of the three Clerks. The second still is my favorite, but uh, quality movie, and it had, I, I, I'd agree, it had about as much heart as anything this year. Yeah, and I, I mean, it made your that. list, so it, it, it's, it made all of our lists. It didn't make Jesse's, but that's because he hadn't seen it, so he'll, he'll, he'll you know, amend this at a later he's date. He's a Askew fan. I think he'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, he will. I know he will, so he's going to be right on board I'll definitely watch this. it. I don't know. But... I mean, I don't even think Askew fans like the reboot of Jay and Silent Bob. It was that bad. Uh, I'm just going to say that. And to top you off, I didn't find it that heartfelt. I found it more nostalgic more than anything. I love how they brought back every single character. In fact, my favorite scene in that movie is when he had sex with his ex-girlfriend in the car. I really thought that was like... 
the laugh out loud mo- moment of the movie, to be honest. And they brought like every character from Clerks. And that was the joy of watching it. was it. almost his correct, to your point, Nick, it was almost his correction to Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Because that's what he tried to do with Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Was he literally had, the one thing I liked about that movie was it was kind of cool seeing all those characters come back. Um, but it was terrible. I'm not going to, I will not die on a horse defending that movie. It was not good. But <laughs> it, like, uh, but it, that's a great point you make, Nick. I think he might have realized that after seeing it. And it was almost, it was like a better redo because this had the nostalgia and the heart. So I a think much that's really better, yeah. He just, he figured out how to connect it to the audiences was just throwing shit at him, you know? Right. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and it, Clerks 3, for those listening, if, if you haven't seen it, we haven't spoiled too much, but um, really do yourself a favor and rewatch the first two if you've got the time because you'll appreciate the third that much more because he really does call back to everything from the first two. And, um, yeah, it, it was just, it's overall great. Jesse, you got something to look forward to in, uh, eventually. But uh, uh, with that being said, Jesse, what what did we miss? What did we miss this year? What's an honorable mention that uh, you want to talk about? So a movie that I really enjoyed was Elvis. And call. It, okay. Yeah, let's it was just a really solid biopic of... One of the greatest artists, musical artists of our time. Actually, not our time, but of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Austin Butler was great in it. Pleasant surprise. I thought Tom Hanks did a good job of his rendition of Colonel Tom Parker. I know Nico disagrees. You hear me cringing? I have to side movie. with Nico. It, that movie did not make my top ten list, and he was one of the biggest reasons why. Yeah. But... Jesse, you're, okay, we're honor so, we're honoring this movie, so well, I'm gonna here's let you keep thing. going. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing though. Okay, so I got to even this out, right? Because we got two, two and one. I, I mean, I got to trust that Tom Hanks did his due diligence in his portrayal of this character. So, I got to trust that this guy was just this way and just came off like this and had and talked like that and had those mannerisms. I really like Tom Hanks. Doesn't mail it in, does he? No. He is, I mean, so, he, as you age, though, you don't, unless you're Tom Cruise, you don't get better with time. You, you start to lose it. <laughs> it's true. It's just like music. Musicians we'll do the same thing. We'll talk a lot about that later. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we talked will. about Maverick, too. He didn't necessarily, he doesn't do a lot of lines anymore, either. His acting might not be. So, no, I, I, I like, what else did you, I mean, what else did you, going back to Elvis, let's not skew too far here with just a Tom Hanks segue, but um, I, I totally dug it. And Austin Butler's going to win the Oscar, right? I think so. I think yeah. so. I think, so. I, I think if anything, it. maybe we shied away from it on our list. Just, we're getting tired of these artist biotopics. Starting with Bohemian Rhapsody, it just seems like that was such a hit, a and now they're, now they're just throwing it at us, right? I'm waiting for the Tom Petty one, though. I really am. That one I'll be excited about, and then I they can like, go to rest. I'd like to see Butler win the Oscar, but I'm pretty sure Brandon Fraser's going to. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot. So, so with that being said, you brought up a good point, Jeff. Uh we always miss movies, right? We, in full disclosure, we miss the whale. So all, all four of us. So <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. And when Brendan Fraser wins that Oscar, it's just going to reinforce that. Yeah, I got to watch it now. But that's funny. So yeah, I mean, all in all, I thought it was Baz Luhrmann's, arguably maybe his best movie. I think so too. Uh, I really, I'm a fan of Moulin Rouge, but I don't know Elvis. Elvis is great, and I don't, yeah, I don't know. Toss up. I, I like both those movies, but. Yeah. You're you're on the eh. That's okay. 
Jesse, anything else you want to close out Elvis with? I mean, if there's any biopic of a musician ever that you have to make, it's Elvis. And yeah, you're I, right. I watched this film during Christmas with my mom, and she kind of grew up during that time period. And just kind of the stories that she had of how iconic Elvis was. Yeah. And how he just got worked like a dog by his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. For sure. And my dad apparently was at, I mean, my dad not apparently, he was at one of those shows unbeknownst to my dad that he was <laughs> Elvis was chained to the stage right <laughs> and just see how crazy it is that is at the Westgate or the old Hilton right yeah yeah, yeah. it's a Las Vegas Hilton which is like now, if yeah. anybody listening me and Jesse's one of our second homes that's your, that's your hangout <laughs> that's your spot so just to kind of wrap it up I mean it was just it was a story which Obviously, it's a it's a biography, so it's it's true to life, but just a talent that was just overworked and just worked to the bone, and it was it was just sad to see. It really was good. All right, so Nico, you're up with your honorable mention, and um, I know you're you you feel very passionate about this movie. So, and not all of us have seen it. So let's let's jump right in. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the best movie of the year. I think it's the most important. Every scene. It's one of those movies where you don't want to miss a single scene. Every what scene movie? is important. I didn't announce it officially. What movie? Oh, She Said. She Said. She Said. Okay. Did you see this in the theater? I did. I saw it on okay. opening weekend. Okay. When this did was, it come out? When, when was this movie? It was, I missed this movie. So. It was in the fall. I okay. believe around October. Okay. It's really yeah. important. It is, it is as, even so watching this is, as this a man. Movie, this movie is about the Me Too movement, right? And the... Un- like yeah, the, specifically the whistleblowing about process Harvey Weinstein, this? specifically about Harvey Weinstein and the okay. taking down of him. That's all it's about. Uh, it starts with Donald Trump and how they were unable to prove to the masses he was what, what happened, and, and they followed up with Harvey Weinstein months later. And watching it all unfold, you're just like, man, this is like an important moment in history. I remember when it happened in 2017 and how quick it all happened and how quick we changed culturally, thinking they should make a movie about this, and someday they will. I swear I thought that at the time, which was fall of 2017, five years ago, and five yeah, years later. Five years later, here we go. Here we man. are. But I also thought the same thing about Theo Epstein after he won both the Red Sox and the Cubs, the World Series. That was a moment where I was like, they should make a movie about this, and they will, and they still have not. I, I really think that Carrie Mulligan is a star. Her and Jessica Chastain, probably two of my favorites. We discussed Carrie Mulligan a lot. Uh, what was the movie she did in 2020 that we just loved on? Because there wasn't very many of them. Uh, actually get to a promising young woman that's the movie we didn't oh, yeah, actually yeah, yeah, yeah there you go yeah that was the best movie of 2020 in my mind we loved that movie hello i just forgot that she's the lead in that movie it's different when you're reading about harvey weinstein in the new york times when we get to see it on screen i'm a very visual person when i see it it, it hits me harder when you see some of the scenes and some of the recordings of the crimes he committed on women it, it really hits you like a gut punch i would i would encourage all of you boys to watch it it made my top four. Originally, I thought it was going to be in the top two. All right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was in your top five for sure. And, but, and right. I'm looking forward to it. Like, you know, yeah, hopefully. Looking forward. Jesse's looking forward to Clerks 3. I'm looking forward to She Said. And uh, I'm going to jump. I'm going to keep the mic here and talk about our last honorable mention before we get to our official countdown. And we were all in agreement with this movie as far as 
liking it. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if Jesse caught it yet, but Emily the Criminal is the movie I wanted to talk about. And was this recommended by just you, Nico, or is this a deep throat recommendation? <laughs> it was a deep throat recommendation. and then I It is, right? It. Yeah. It's a deep throat recommendation. Yeah. Okay, so... Actually, everybody early on it just absolutely loved it. And for those of our listeners that are unaware, Deep Throat is Nico's resident movie sleuth that he will not reveal to his team of podcasters for her or his safety. We're not she, even sure. She but, beat uh, me to the wreck, but I chimed in on our little text thread right away that she was dead on right about that movie. Yeah, she picks she winners. Was. Yeah, she was. I, uh, I saw that the, when it first came out on Netflix, and it was. She fantastic. crushed it. Emily the Criminal's great, and for those of you that haven't seen it, I don't know why, because I'm pretty sure everybody has Netflix, or everybody has a Netflix password from somebody. So, uh, Aubrey Plaza, she dominated the movie, right? And everybody loves her from. Arguably dominated 2022. Everybody loves her from White Lotus, but um, I think what just stood with me the most with Emily the Criminal was just that final scene, and I'm not gonna talk about what happens in that final scene but i'm just going to tell because i know all of you that's on here listening that have seen it know exactly what i'm talking about and it's just it brings it all full circle and it's such a perfect 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 final scene for her down in mexico so <laughs> it's just awesome like it's such it was just it put the it put the movie smile on my face just like my number one movie of the year that we're going to get to in a little bit but um, so yeah, without uh, without anyone want to add anything to Emily the Criminal, Nico, you loved it, right? I did love it. I, w- I was in desperate need of a winner at that point. I had been watching average movie after average movie, and I needed something to keep me inspired. And Emily the Criminal was the perfect one. It kept me engaged all the way through. I bought the story. I bought the desperation that she had about earning money. That's not ruining anything. I think it was semi the year of Aubrey Plaza, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, John you can Patton talk about Ford. The premise. Yeah. yeah, of course. John Patton Ford wrote and directed this movie, and this is like the first thing he's ever done. So um, it's only going to come up roses for him, hopefully, moving forward, because this is a great home run out the gate. But I felt uh, the same. I like Interesting you said that, too, Nico. I felt the same way as you. It felt like I had been on a run of just bad movies. I was beginning to think this was the worst year ever for movies. And it, it almost, it almost weirdly turned the corner for me because I saw Emily, the criminal. Then I saw a number of good movies after that, yeah. but <laughs> it's like, so true. I saw the menu after that and I was like, all right, we're I back. Was, Nick, I just, it excited me when you said that because I literally had the same almost experience where I was like, wait, they're finally something. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, and I was going on the list of the year's favorites and I just was not getting into any of them. And then I saw Emily, the criminal and I was like, wow, this I was ready good. to almost not do yeah. a list. Cause it yeah. was looking so bleak. Then Emily, the criminal, uh, yeah. Aubrey Plaza. She's a star. Yeah. She I'm is. A, I love her grit in this movie. Really? Like there's some scenes that where she just gets down in it and nasty and takes on the man. And I, I love all of it. I'm, and you're I'm not sure it. where it's going. It's, yeah. which is a rarer and rarer place in movies these days. And it's so nice when you're surprised and not give anything away, but you're right, Mark, that ending is fantastic. But even the whole lead up to that ending is... Oh, for sure. You're there's on the edge wild, of your seat. Oh, yeah, there's some wild stuff that happens to this poor girl in this movie. But, you know, it's a quick 90-minute ride and hop in the car with uh, our lead character and help her get out of debt. <laughs> That's right. Girl, girl's just trying to make a hustle, right? So, 
but yeah, Emily the Criminal. It was. It really was. It's like the little engine that could is what it felt like to me. For you know, it's probably, you know such a small movie that just really hit big for me. So and a couple of us. But uh, all right, guys. We here we are. That wraps up our our. Those are the, honorable those mentions. Are, I have nothing but great things to say about all four honorable mentions too. I think we're yeah, doing this I mean, perfectly. Yeah, we've got some great movies this year. So, you know, sometimes it feels like, I don't know if this is a good year. And, you know, it, and lo and behold, it comes together, right? So, well, let's jump in. And I'm going to kick it back to Jesse. He's still, you still awake over there, Jesse? Oh, good, good, good. So, so, number five on our list. Number five on the Movie Tales list this year was the... Uh, this might win Best Picture, actually, but we're, we're going to debate that here. So, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once was our was our number five film this year. And Jesse and Nick had it definitely ranked higher than myself and Jeff. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Jesse start. So, what do, you, what do you got for us, Jess? So, this movie just borderlined on alternate universe slash trippy dream. And... It was about the lead character who was really not satisfied with her life. She wasn't satisfied with her husband and really just kind of almost dreamt of an alternate universe where she was kind of a, just a badass. And Michelle, yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was just such a unique movie that really transported you to kind of a, a different world so yeah just really enjoyed kind of the ride that it took you on and just just a very unique kind of film that you haven't really seen in a long time super creative uh it's also kind of a non what's cool about it is very non-traditional movie that was very very successful at the box office and um it's not easy to be a success at the box office these days that's uh, <laughs> a lot harder to do in 2022 than it, than it was in 2018. I think part of and, it is when it came out. Though. It came out in May. It was just we're still dealing with COVID. You know, audiences aren't quite back no, yet. No, I'm saying it was a box office yeah, hit. Yeah, That's what definitely, I'm trying to say. Definitely. Is that like... This was, was a movie that I finally heard other people talking about movies outside of Top Gun. Uh, but yeah, this, I, I remember coworkers saying to me, hey, did you, did you see everything everywhere all at once? And I was like, no. But I, in, in my head, I was just excited that someone was talking about a movie they saw in the yeah, theaters. Right. And, and so I know this movie just hit big with a lot, a lot of people. And then it recent, I think it won Best Picture for the Golden Globes, at least. Obviously, the Oscars haven't happened yet. I know it won something recently. So I don't know. You guys think it's going to win Best Picture? I think this is this is one of those films that they're like, it's, it's prime for a, a Best Picture. It really I think is. it might be right. It feels like an ups- a very possible upset. I I, I just always pick that. an obscure movie that nobody predicts. I don't know best picture. I don't know. It's not clear cut. That's for sure. No, I don't think it's clear cut either this year. That's for sure. I'm with you there, hundred percent. So this okay. So the other movie that won at Golden Globes, Everything Everywhere won the you know because they have two best pictures, right? So the other one. So now we're we're moving on to number four. Number four, we have a tie, but I'm gonna jump to our. I'm going to jump to Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans first because that was that also won Best Picture. That was the Best Picture drama winner at the Golden Globes. So, 
Um, Jesse, this is fresh in your mind, so I'm coming right back to you. You just watched this. I did. And was... you, you loved you some Spielberg, right? I, I normally do. Full disclosure. Um, but it, it really was... I mean, it was a, a completely different Spielberg movie. Yeah, it's not your typical Spielberg movie, so which is why no. I was, you know, I was so hyped when I first saw I saw this theater opening weekend, and yeah, I was super hyped. And but you know, that's because I, you know, uh, yeah, I'm I have Jaws and Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jurassic Park in the back of my brain. So, <laughs> and this movie is nothing of that caliber. It's a total slow burn. It's no. you know, it's, it's very intimate. And anyways, keep going, Jesse. Yeah, no, and and don't expect anything like that coming into this film. You will be extremely disappointed great yeah. advice but One of our... go ahead jesse keep going now this film is it, it's just about it's it's truly about a family and it's about a kid that just from an early age has the love of film and filmmaking and kind of what it takes to make films yeah this kid being steven spielberg yeah yeah and he weirdly does keep going Jesse actually and I, I just what I love about this film is that like M- Michelle Williams is so good in this movie she really like, she's, is she's so good Agreed. Okay. and we were all introduced to her in Dawson's Creek 20, 20 plus <laughs> you gotta years throw ago. that out all the time why not right right you know she's coming a long way that Jen but no it was just like it was it was just such a magical film it really was like it, it, it really brought you back to just another movie with a really good ending this year by the way the, the movies oh, we're talking yeah. have really good endings Emily the Criminal great ending Fableman's great ending <laughs> Clerks 3 had a great ending this is true yeah actually uh, no and it it it's a movie if you were like the more you know about Spielberg the more you're gonna love because it really is his most personal film. Very much. And even, um, I've read multiple Spielberg biographies, which is probably why I enjoyed it so much. Um, because it even answers some questions that, like, you might have about him. I mean, he's had this If you've story. studied him. And he's had this story for a while. Tony Kushner, who he partners with a lot, kind of yep. pushed him and said when, when are we going to do this when are, you know i know you have this story and you got to do it you know basically you got to do it before you die it's kind of what he was telling him right and, and or somebody wrong, else will right? do it for or somebody else will do it for him yeah and, and exactly and they wouldn't do it justice and jeff you did a multiple watch on this movie right this movie grew on you right yeah i went in um probably expecting it to be too it was never going to meet the expectations that i had yeah. I've read multiple Spielberg biographies, and so I know these stories intimately, and love Spielberg, so and love Michelle Williams actually, and um, was expecting. I I there's no way my expectations were going to get met. So, on a follow up watch, uh, I was just I was like, okay, this is pretty great. Uh, and I enjoyed it the first time I saw it. I just wasn't blown away like I thought I would be. But it was just the classic uh, uh, example of too many expectations. And great film. Uh, Spielberg nails, nails it. And if you're interested in 
how he became such a great filmmaker. You should watch it. If you just like a good tale, you should watch it. But it is, like Jesse said, strangely like no other Spielberg film I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a real intimate, slow burn. And it's, you know, and, and it's meant to be. So, and, and I just, you, you didn't know that going in. So being able to tell you that going in makes it easier to watch for sure, I would think. But, um, but Jesse, I don't think knew that necessarily. Jesse loved it. He, 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 he fell in love with it. So, but, uh, good choice. Now we got, we have a tie, right? Our fourth movie was a tie. And the movie that it tied with happened to be my favorite movie, actually, which was The Menu. And I and I guess I'll start out with why The Menu was my favorite movie. It, was, it surprised me so, so much. And I just hadn't been surprised in so long because of COVID and just lack of movies, lack of um, just quality and... and Obviously, we've had good movies since COVID, but just not not that many. And the idea was just so original, and it just felt so fresh. It just felt like nothing I'd ever seen. And the two leads were like playing chess and on on screen with each other, with from like an acting perspective, and they were just great. Ray Fiennes and Anna uh, Taylor Joy. I, did I get that right? Yeah, Anna yeah. Taylor Joy. Yeah, she's she's phenomenal. She and is. She goes toe to toe with Ray Fiennes, who is a, a you know a phenomenal actor. So, and the, their scenes, they just I love every bit of their scenes together as the film evolve as the film just kind of evolves into what it evolves into. And the less you know about the menu, the better. So if you haven't seen the menu yet, really just kind of just stop listening to this. Go watch the menu and then come back and finish listening to this. But um i i think we all like the menu we all saw this jesse you like the menu right yeah no i definitely did i was very surprised (laughs) you kind of bullied us into liking it mark well good (laughs) i'm you know i i'm I'm glad that my bullied tactics worked yeah and i bullied you without blowing the surprise yeah like, I, I just basically said, just watch the movie, because you're just going to be surprised. And if you hate it, then tell me you hate it, but I don't think you will. Yeah. <laughs> no, and like, to add to that credit, my, when I was watching it, my friend Michelle was stopping in, and she was about to leave, and then she just got sucked in scene by scene. She stayed, you know, w- w- to watch the entire thing, which I thought was pretty impressive, right? Yeah, and I, t- two of our listeners, I know for a fact, have at, literally, they're just dying for us to do a podcast on the menu because they loved it so much, and this this might be the closest we ever get to it. So, EJ, I hope you like this moment, but yeah, so screen... Oh, we'll, we'll plan I, on it someday. The, the, the one thing I do want to say about the menu is Will Tracy, he came up with this idea because he was on his honeymoon, you guys, and he actually booked some ridiculous deal like this, obviously, where he was... Uh, he, he was with his wife uh, um, on an island in Norway where they had to take a boat to a fancy restaurant on like a small nearby private island. And when he was there, he realized, you know, we're stuck here until the end of this meal and there's nothing we can do about it in case, you know, what if it's awful? And um, obviously it wasn't awful, but it gave him the idea for this movie. And there's tons of, you know, little little nods that he gives to this to this restaurant within within this movie. But... But yeah, at the end of the day, it's just a really clever idea that was executed so perfectly by the two leads. And they, you're, you're right, she's on a hell of a run. And 27 and years old. Yeah, 27 years 27, old. 27, wow. Yeah. 
And she was also in uh, The Northman that didn't make yeah. our list, but we but I it, know it you was, and I both loved yeah, it. Yeah, I loved so. it. She, last, I think she was in the best movie last year, which is Last Night in Soho. Which oh, is what was. That's year, right. She yeah. was great in that. Yeah, and then we she, all loved her in Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit, yeah. I mean, yeah. She, she made a Emma. show about chess, and we liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody so. knows who she is, and she's got a very distinct look to her, too, obviously, in the face. So, I mean, she's a star. She's a breakout star. She does. Yeah. And everything about the menu is totally authentic, by the way. They didn't mail anything in. All those kitchen people, they learned all the true, authentic ways to do everything. They were trained, actually, to create the dishes that they were doing. Everything was, to a T, authentic. So any actual chef that was watching that menu, that movie, they were loving every bit of it. It was a really fun movie, and I, it just stuck with me every day that I, you know pondered it as since i watched it and i I, i've watched it twice and i'm ready to watch it again but uh i think let's move on what i love about it real quick is every every character stuck there they did a good job of exploring every character they didn't leave anybody behind they had time to explore it all not making it a long movie i thought that was super cool yeah 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 yeah. oh and since you kept us here there's one more note i forgot our director he let every character when he did their their scripted take he did another take where he let characters just improv whatever they kind of wanted, and that's where we got the Taco Tuesday line that actually <laughs> kept that actually made the cut. So um, kudos to our director for the improv because that's one of the best lines in the movie. Um, let's move on. We got our number third. We're up to uh, we got three Ooh. movies left. Ooh, we're getting we're getting serious now. Top three, and we're going to Ireland for our, for our number third film. J- Jesse, what's our third film? The Banshees. The Banshees of Anishirin, right? Is that how we say this? Anishirin? Anishirin? Yeah, I think that's how we say it. And, I hope know, so. Yeah, because if some Irish guy hates us for us, yeah, I apologize, but I think it's Anishirin. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say it. I figured you would, so, and I, trust me, I, I wasn't going to you on this one, but... Um, uh, Jeff, you like this movie too. You, we, we all like this movie. Nico, you haven't seen this yet, and it made our. It, that's how highly rated this what's, movie was. What's that, funny, uh, and I won't give away what our number two is, but it lost out to our number two by one point, and I was dead on the fence. The longest thing on my deciding on my list was if I was putting this number two, or this number three, and it's funny. It ends up number three. The last second, I had it number two, until the last second, and I switched it off. Um, I had Fablemans slightly edging, uh, Banshees, but, uh, this is a, this was the biggest surprise movie for me of the year. And it's a movie I didn't think I was going to like. I, 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 and I you nailed up, it. You nailed it right there. It. I'm with you hundred percent. Biggest I still surprise don't even know me, why I, I don't even know why I like it. <laughs> okay. So this I movie said, I just met, I talked to you guys about to this last night and I said, I think this is like the 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 best most depressing movie i've seen in a long time depressing movies are usually just so depressing that i'm just like oh my god i just felt i just feel beat up after watching them and this movie just i don't feel that way necessarily i feel like there's just so much little bits of laughter and kind of heart and quirkiness i guess throughout it i you put it well last night when we were talking there's a smile on your face throughout this entire there is. movie. There is, yeah, there is, but this, it's 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 so depressing how and sad. sad it is. Yes. <laughs> it's but so, I think it Jesse, do you know on... what we're talking about? You get you're picking up what I'm putting down, or you think we're nuts? What I love about this movie is it's two bitter friends that just bicker. That's what that's what's so funny about this movie. So funny yep. and so great about this. It's just two friends that, like, they just bite at each other 
And that and that's what makes this movie so funny. It my my uh, shout out to my physical therapist because uh, he was uh, he follows our podcast, and he was actually asking what we were podding tonight. And I said we're doing a top five or whatever, and I told him Banshees was in it. He loved Banshees, and he said that it was a divorce, a movie about a divorce movie about friendship. And he said it's something. One of the reasons he thinks everybody like likes this movie is everybody's been part of a friendship that has either gone sour or isn't as strong as it once was. And he think he thinks it's something that just everybody can relate to. And I thought that was very well put. So it's brutal. I mean, it's just brutally sad because of the concept of it. Like we we decided we're just going to I'm just not going to be friends with you anymore. And I don't have a good reason. <laughs> like I don't have a good reason. Like that that's what's great about it. Like it's so weird. Like it's just a concept that it, you, as a viewer, I think you struggle. I think you really feel for Colin Farrell's character the entire movie. You're just like this poor bastard, man. It's just him and his donkey, man. And like, you just feel bad for him. It, it, and well, and his sister's great, time. by the way. The sister's great in this movie too. I don't. Oh, I, she's so she, Shabon. She, yeah, Shabon. She's great, and she's the. Um, she was in Better Call Saul, anyways. <laughs> it's also it it's it very much is a metaphor too for the Irish Civil War um, for you history buffs out there. Just yeah, a fun, 19, 1920s. There's this takes yep, place in early. Just 1920s. a fun little movie, and it's a movie about uh, somebody ghosting somebody before there were cell phones and social media. When when you when it was a lot when you had to ghost. I mean, basically, to, yeah. That's when what you it had is, to ghost to somebody in person. But we're talking in a village of like fifty people, Nico. Yep. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I hope we pot on it sometime because this movie has stuck with me in a way that I never, one of the reasons it climbed. So when I first finished it, I was like, I didn't know that it would make my top 10 even, but this movie has just stuck with me and crept higher and higher up the list as more time goes on. But, um, we ready for number two, Nico? You ready? Is it your, you, you, you fell right in line with these last two movies. Yeah. This one's your baby. And this is your, both of these movies are your babies and... I mean, this one's your real baby, though, I think. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'd are. say both. I'd say 50-50. I had to give respect to Avatar. Ooh, go ahead. <laughs> no, you. This I, is have, your, I have you. to give... So I mean, Avatar it's Avatar, Avatar two. 2, yeah. I have to give respect to it for what it means, how long it took, what it means to film. As much as they say Maverick saved Hollywood this year, I also think Avatar did as well. And I mean, it was a box office behemoth as well. I mean, it's make that movie's still making money. I think it took me two times to fully appreciate it, which is funny because if you listen to our first pod on Avatar, it's like, eh, could have done better. And then I saw the second time. And I, was nah, like, I mean, we talk about that, though. We, we talk about how we all loved it, but at the same time, we're sitting here. We were being picky because, because yeah, it's, it's, you're allowed to be picky. Same right. problem it's I had with Cablemans yeah. is what you had. Yeah, we're talking legendary directors, like reaching the twilight of their careers, and we just want nothing but hits from them. And, right, right. Yeah, and it's yeah, exactly. Especially when you're going back to Pandora, it's like, okay, you're going back to the well. Like, what are we, what, what are we doing here? What are we gonna get? It's great. I mean, it was. I loved it. It made you know, it made my list. It made all of our. We all liked it. We all. It. it it's number two for a reason. And it, James Cameron's great. Kudos to him. He he's he fucking nailed it. I love Pandora. I I really do. I. 
It's one. It's it remains to be one of the greatest theatrical experiences of my life, and I and I can't wait for the third one because it's going to be just as just as fun. How are you? How are you feeling, Nick? Now that some time has passed between um, Way of the Water and the original, has it crept up on it, or is it still not quite the original? It, it's not. It's ne- it'll never be the original. It will never be the original. However, I can appreciate that as well. I can appreciate it still being the second best movie of the year. Like, I was like, you guys, I wanted to put it further down the list. I was like, wait a minute, though. You know, this, there's nothing wrong with this movie. It's just that you, you guys liked being surprised. I could tell by that your list. You liked the pleasant surprise. Like, Clerks 3, you never stopped coming, for example. Right? So that's probably why you, you weighted the rankings a little. However, sure. Yeah, of course. Like, everybody, you know, yeah, that, that's why rankings are fun, right? Everybody has, you know, their own, like, style. And, and I love that you see that in me. Like, that's great. Like, I love that you know, like, if you're, if you see a movie that's, you know, a great surprise treat that you know to text me because you know Drummond's going to love that movie. Like, uh, that's, that's what I want to hear. So, like, yeah. And when it comes to movie watching, you need those, right? Especially on the cold, weird Sundays where you're like, hey, throw me a hit, (laughs) you know? Well, you just need that. You, as as movie fans, you need that. Yeah. You need it more than anything. You need to be surprised. It's weird how we associate it, too. Like, we see a good movie and we think we're on top, right? Even though we had nothing to do with that movie. (laughs) I mean, that, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. But that, like, that's kind of why I'm done with Marvel, almost to to an extent, because Marvel is just, I'm just almost numb to it because I've just they've done so many movies that like I'm just like, oh, okay, more. Well, it's Marvel. hard to be surprised. It's hard to it's, be surprised. It's by just it. hard to get excited. But, but yeah. Anyways, going back to Avatar, though, it, um, I'm glad it made its list where it is. Yeah, and, and I think it'll be appreciated more through time, as I think the first one kind of fell off as. We got overloaded on Pandora. This one is on the opposite end, where you'll appreciate it more over time. Yeah, and and it's going to be interesting to see what what you know what next year brings. Sh- yeah, well, you know how the ship ends with Avatar because yeah. right if he sticks the it, landing. It, yeah, if he sticks the landing, it could be you know one of the greatest achievements ever. Right now, it is. <laughs> the thing that's interesting with me with Avatar is: Are we going to get to all five? Right, he wants there to be five of these movies. Oh yeah, that's right. There could so be fun. that's it'll still, happen. Never mind. It'll happen. <laughs> and I think Jesse's right. It, you know, it, it, I think it's gonna happen. But as long as Cameron's alive, I think he's gonna make it happen. Exactly. And, it, and well, I don't if know he's if, not, they'll probably make another one anyway. You're right. And I don't know how excited or not excited that makes me because it, what it makes me it, it tells me that James Cameron's probably never gonna make anything else outside of the Avatar realm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he's gonna end his career on this one. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you know, he's, he's old. Like, people get old. Like, at some point, unless you're Clint Eastwood, you just, I mean, you stop at some point, right? I don't know. Martin Scorsese keeps cranking out movies, too. These guys are, like, 90. Or Clint Eastwood's over 90. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't know how they, like, I don't know how these guys are making movies, you guys. It's, it, when it's something you love, I mean, you. Man, it's just crazy. It's mind-boggling. That's why they're special, right? That's why there's not very many like them. Yeah. But uh, anyone want to add anything to Avatar, Jesse? Anything you want to? I mean, Pan- Pandora is amazing. Like, you, you—that's a film you have to watch in the theater. It I just am is. Thank- I am thankful. It it ended up being a blessing in disguise that we had to wait so long for it. Because one, if there's been a theme to 2022 on movie tales, we actually since we started movie tales, if there's been a theme, we have all talked about getting people back into the theaters and how great of experience it is going to the theaters and avatar coming out post pandemic 
was one of the best things that could ever happen to movie theaters. We need reasons to bring people back. And I think it was a blessing in disguise. It actually took longer. And to do it every Christmas, too, is going to be a treat, right? Because everybody's social around those two weeks of Christmas. And the fact that we get that for another two or three years is is a real treat. I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Avatar was my... It was my best theatrical experience of 2020. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah, spot to end on. Yeah. Second best, second best for me. Yeah. The best one's coming. The best one's coming up. The best one's coming up in a minute here. Oh man, yeah, any yeah. guesses? Mark decided to rebel. I did. I rebelled. I think slightly. deep down, he this is his number one also. But no, it's not, like okay, <laughs> credit. But no, Maverick, Maverick's our number one movie. Of course, it is by a landslide, by an absolute landslide. And yes, it wasn't number one on my list, but it was number two. So it's not like it's not like it was far behind, and it was number the, one. Uh, number one yeah, for all it, three of it the was rest. Number of one. Us. Uh, number one for all everyone else. And like Nico hit the nail on the head about ten minutes ago. Drummond loves a good surprise, and the menu provided that. That's what the menu was. Maverick was a surprise, and it was a surprise for all of us because it just rocked us, and we 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 were all excited for Maverick. We're all fans of Top Gun. Who doesn't like Top Gun? We've we we've established this. We we um, we we grew up in the night. You know, we grew up with Top Gun, except for Nick. Nick didn't grow up with Top Gun. He saw it in high school, but. Um, that's crazy. I, I, it I, is crazy. Honestly, Jesse, but... of all the weeks of 2022, if I go back to the week of Memorial Day and, and have those two theatrical experiences, that would probably be the week, right? Do you want your aviators and your bomber jacket back? How many were you? There were 40 of you, right? Uh, one of them, there was 40. The first one, there was about 16 of us. Both were, I mean, both we stayed out all night. Really stayed out all night. So I, keep thinking, I keep thinking, Mark. Yeah. That if uh, Tom Cruise doesn't think they re- they need to reshoot a couple of special effects shots, and this is released, and this is released um, Thanksgiving of uh, 2019, like it was originally supposed to be. Yeah. That, I mean, we're having a whole different podcast right now. This movie is four years old by the time we're having this podcast. Like, it's so crazy. Again, having to wait, probably the one of the best things that ever happened to movie theaters because I don't, I actually don't think it, ha, it, it does the box office. It did this year in 2019. Oh yeah. And Everybody saved was... and saved the, it saved theaters the first half of the year before avatar came in and, Continued saving them. And everybody, I mean, everybody's dead grandma knew that Maverick was coming out at this point, right? Like, <laughs> I, I mean. Well, how many times did we think it was coming out? Five exactly. pushback dates. That thing got delayed. Coming, yeah, five pushback dates. Yeah, we had five release dates, you know. Nico had opening night, Nico had opening night tickets for five different dates. Yeah. I mean, he's got a huge gift card from Fandango at this point. <laughs> it just exceeded everybody's expectations. 
And I don't even know how high anyone's expectations were. So that's an interesting question. But regardless, it blew everybody away. Myself included, and obviously all three of you. What made it What made it number one? Nick, you, you had number one and number two nailed to a T on your list. So what made this number one? What made this better than Avatar? It was, be- it was better than the first one. There wasn't a single scene wasted. Every scene was ma- magically acted. One thing I love about this movie is that you hear the reports of Tom Cruise did this and everything that he perfected in this movie. He taught this young cast how to hit, hit their marks and how to go deeper into their scenes and how to be perfect at it. And he had the time to do it, and you really feel that watching it. I don't feel like a single role was miscasted. They just, they, it was lightning in a bottle again, and they, they outdid themselves. And that's, as you know, in the industry, a handful of times rare. Fantastic theatrical experience. And we talked about this a little bit on our Maverick pod, but we have Tom Cruise to thank for that because it, there was a bidding war by streaming services to purchase the rights to this movie to stream it during the pandemic. And Tom Cruise immediately shut that down and said, the only way this movie is being released is in a movie theater. And, and it paid. He even thinks it better that way. Yeah. They, yeah, they should. They should pay him more money. He than thanked him. Remember that when we first saw it, it was just this weird personal message where he's thanking you for coming to the movie again. It was crazy. Jesse, why was this movie, what made this your number one movie? It, it really did just shine in the theater. I mean, it did, 100%. Don't get me wrong. I'm with you guys. I mean, it, it was right there with Avatar. Avatar is just a magical world in the theater. And, like, Pandora is just a special place for me. So, uh, Maverick just, just surprised the shit out of me. Like, uh, we're at the, I mean, with Avatar, I had probably, I had high I went in with, I went in with high expectations because it, the reviews were good. People were saying it was awesome. I had to wait about a week because I wanted to see it on that special theater. And we just talked about going into a movie with expectations. I was just is. thinking that. I was just thinking that. Yeah. This movie didn't meet them. It exceeded my already high expectations. And yeah. that is hard to fucking do. Right. For Avatar falling just short or just barely meeting it, this one like doubled what we expected it to be. And that's what made it special. For the... Like, like, great point, I, like, Nick. That's my question, though. So let's talk about this. Why were we, why, why were we expecting this to be so great? Um, it was it the anticipation. I mean, it's not like, like Top Gun. The original Top Gun is a guilty pleasure, right? It's right. Not like it's the greatest movie ever. We've talked about this. <laughs> We're on record talking you know, about. You know, this. I have a, I have an opinion on this. I think the trailer was really well done, and they didn't give away too much, and it had a great cast. I mean, Jennifer Connelly. It's Tom Cruise as Maverick, right? It's because Maverick was so cool and badass in the '80s. I've been thinking about this, and this is my theory. Tom Cruise as Maverick was just such a cool character. And it's, we, we didn't come back to it two years later. We didn't come back to it five years. We didn't come back to it 10 years later. We come back to it. We're talking what, 30 years later. Right. Um, so it's like, it's so nostalgic at this point. Nobody was, yeah, nobody was ever, nobody was ever saying we need a Top Gun too. Like there was never like, nobody's ever said, Oh, we need a sequel to Top Gun. The other thing, it's everything you said. It's nostalgia. It's a cool character coming back. It's reliving one of our favorite movies from the 80s. But also one of the, I mean, the key to into great cinema, great theater, or just great storytelling is drama. And the dramatic element of Goose dying in the first one left unfinished business that could be revisited. So 
I agree with that. That yeah, was no, a I agree. that was a dramatic for anybody that saw that film in the eighties or you know that loves Top Gun. Everybody remove everybody remembers Goose dying. So that having that story to come back and tell, and the audience kind of goes through that resolution right there with Maverick. I think is huge. I I remember thinking when it was coming out, thinking this is probably going to be a lot with him dealing with still dealing with the loss of his best friend. Like that, I, a lot of movies are completely resolved by the end and it had unresolved stuff that had to still be worked out. Right. So they couldn't make a third to the equivalent. It's going to be hard. I'm telling you though, it's going to be hard. The trailer was that good. I mean, it had Ed Harris and a Jennifer Connelly. It was, it was less than a minute. It didn't give away too much. And it was, they brought back the, the Top Gun sound, uh, soundtrack song. And it was just, it I got you excited. Podcast, it got you really excited. This podcast is also partly responsible for why this movie ranked as high as it did. Because our love for the first... Our, our breakdown of the first movie. I mean, we literally... The, the second one, all it does is take everything that is wrong in the first one and makes it better. Like, we're in agreement on that. On record. So, like, it's literally just a better version of Top Gun. Like the original is not one of my favorite movies, and here we are talking about the Maverick being our favorite movie of twenty twenty two. How rare is it that a sequel makes you go back and appreciate the original more? Very, very it's rare. It's so weird. It's just yeah. such a weird phenomenon with Maverick. It it's a special movie. It's not like it's in its own little realm, you guys. It's just weird, and it's not not weird in a bad well, way. Well, and it's, it's because like, we talked about even the first Top Gun being arguably not like. A fantastic, I mean, a movie we all loved, but arguably, like, from a critical lens, maybe not a great movie. No, and it's it an plays on that. The Navy, the Navy said so themselves. It plays on that weird phenomenon because, like you said, just what exactly what you're saying, Mark, it literally corrects all of the errors of the first one, but yeah. gives you everything that you loved about the first one. Exactly. 100%. You got 100%. If you're a fan of the first one, you were probably at least around in the 80s. So you, whether you were a kid and you're now in your 30s or 40s, or you were an adult or you were in high school and now in your 50s, 60s, or 70s, you have hit a point in your life where you're also aging. And it's going to pull on this, the main, you're going through in some shape or form the same thing that the main character is going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talked about that in the Top Gun 2 podcast too, right? So, anyone want to uh, add anything else to our, our our top five before we put an official bow on it? Final thoughts, Nico? I think that you forgot to mention that it was the year of the sequel, or the right? The, you said mean, so on this thread several times. Yeah, the was, best movies man. of the year. Jeez. I think that's how the year will be remembered. And I, and that's part of, that probably played into why I you know went menu. <laughs> Are you sticking with I, your predict? Are you sticking cause... with your prediction, Nico? Is uh, Maverick going to win Best Picture? He, ho- you know, I'd be okay with it yeah, if it be, was. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go on a limb here. Let's uh, let's do Tom it. Tom Cruise is getting his first Oscar. <laughs> I think, I think, I think Maverick could win it all. Yeah, it could. This is the year it could do it. I think Hollywood is somewhat scared shitless of theater attendance, and they know how much more money they can make with movies being in theaters, and how important theaters are to the business model. And it could swing some votes for that very reason. I'm not saying it will, but it has a better chance this year than almost ever before. So are you betting it, it or are you not betting it? It will get that reward. Ah. I mean, 
I, I mean, I'm rooting for it. I want it to happen. I, I don't. It'll come. Yeah, you fence, fence walker. walker. Of course you're not going to. It's a fence walker. <laughs> I love Jesse. Jesse's so back for the ring. Go back. Listen. Listen. I don't. I want it to win. I don't think it will. Like, here's what's great, though. Nick, you saw this and you said, this movie's going to win Best Picture. And I thought you you're were crazy. higher than a kite. And <laughs> out of your mind, right? So. And here we are, a year later almost. And I'm going, God, man, you I'd be win. totally okay if it won right now because, you know, it was as good as anything I saw. And it did so much for theaters. It did so much for just our collective spirit of loving going to the movies. Like, I would, like, how could I get upset if it lost? I, I mean, if, I mean, not if it lost. I mean, how could I be upset if it won? It, like... But it would just be forever great for your sake and for just the sake of our, our, our the fun of our friendship. You would forever get to be able to bring up Maverick if it right. was best picture. That's so funny. So, see this case as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, Remember that exactly. time? You're going to get one here if he wins best picture. That's yeah. the first thing I'm going to be like. I'm gonna get, you're going to see the facepalm emoji coming through on the thread going, Oh God, i got to eat crow with Nico for Top Gun for the rest of my life. For the next 20 years. Nico thinks it will. I want it to, but don't think it will mark do you think it will um i think you put it well i think you put it well when you said if there was ever a year it could this would be the year oh uh, when i when i did that i was called a fence walker i but apparently i didn't put that well <laughs> and, and then and actually i didn't mind any of your takes jeff <laughs> because then I well no i know that's what i'm saying i'm like, like i don't think it will but i hope it does <laughs> that's what i kept saying <laughs> <laughs> that's exact. So anybody listening, Jeff is the eternal fence walker, and he always gets in well, trouble. Well, that's what they for think, but that's because he never listens. I I need to see the Fablemans again because I think I want the Fablemans to win potentially if I watch it again. But uh, I would have no problem with Maverick. It's not winning though. No, it's not going to win. It, just to Jesse, help is it going to win? Fuel the fire if it was like just because now it's even more on record for Nick if it wins. <laughs> Jesse, you could be the tiebreaker or the 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 tie even. Is Maverick winning the Oscar in two weeks? I mean, it could definitely win, but I honestly think it's going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. Wow, okay. That's, that's my prediction. Well, we had fun tonight. I hope all our listeners had fun with our banter, but uh, I hope everyone enjoyed our uh, Movie Tales Top 5. Anything, anyone, anything, anyone, any final, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, everything, every, everywhere, all at once is the, is the heavy favorite to win Best Picture. Heavy. It's heavy favorite. Heavy, heavy favorite. favorite. Wow, okay. And then right. the Banshees, then All Quiet on the Western Front, and then Top Gun. Ten to one, Top Gun Maverick right now. I'm sticking with dog. it, baby. I'm sticking with it. All right, boys. On behalf of uh, Jesse, Jeff, Nick, myself, thanks again for listening to a quite a different edition of Movie Tales. But uh, we'll be back soon with something new. Take care, everybody. <laughs>